You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. Here we go. It is The Quest for 100, as the friendly man always says. I am Justin one of your friendly two hosts, hopefully friendly today. Brian, are we friendly today? Normally we are, I yeah. think, maybe. We'll see. Unless there's controversy. Unless there's turkey involved. But, uh, yeah. Corn. yeah oh, cream corn. Sure, there's plenty. There's plenty, but we'll see if this one gets into some crazy debates. We are here for episode 59, which is uh, focused on the popular streaming service, Netflix. Um, what do you what do you think of this topic, Brian? What do you how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good today. Yeah, yeah. Today, this topic, I don't know. Okay. It, it's um, I mean, I like Netflix. Okay. So there's that. Well, that that's a great start to yeah. the topic. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, before we get into it, we always we always got to update the listeners on what we've been yes. up to. Yes. Yes. Um, well, I guess I'll start, and I have to remember what I did this weekend. Uh, I think I played a lot of board games. We had two dinner dinner nights with uh, some friends, yeah, different groups of friends, but uh, had some fun playing. Uh, I played Catan twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played this uh, game we didn't talk about in one of our episodes, uh, Monopoly Go. It's a card game that's oh. real, uh, similar to Monopoly, but it, yes. it's quick moving. Yes. Uh, I was actually... Kind of fun. Yep. I, I like that game. Uh, and we played Ticket to Ride. Um, yeah, it was just a just a fun a night of eat or ga- days, I guess, of eating and and um, and playing games. But uh, we are officially on hole thirty. My my wife and I, Alyssa. Okay. Uh, we are on hole thirty, so we have been trying to eat relatively healthy. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see where that goes. Yeah, I noticed the water bottle over here. Yes. Yeah, I'm drinking a lot of water. And eating no sugars. And I haven't gotten to the working out part, which isn't necessarily part of Whole30, but I want to do. Yeah. And I am intrigued by Peloton. Okay. I think I'm going to give it a whirl. I just have to find the time for it. Yeah. And that's what I... Yep. Yep. You, it's key. You darn questers are stealing one to three hours of my week every week, which I totally would be working out that entire time. So... Uh, would you? <laughs> yep. That's, okay. That's what I'm okay. saying. So when we hit 100, yep. you're... I'm going to go hardcore to working out again. Maybe we'll do a working out ep- uh, a podcast after that. Maybe, maybe. How about you, Brian? What have you been up to? Well, I went to a uh, a brewery with uh, my cousin okay. and took a brewery tour. Brewery tours are always interesting because they're like, they're basically telling you the exact same thing on every single one of them. Everybody yep. basically goes for the free beer or whatever, uh-huh. you know, trinket that they might give you. One of the things that resonated with me is, is the guy was like, "Oh yeah, we've we've been here for twenty years." And I was like, "That's not very long." I mean, maybe mm-hmm. it is in the brewing, like the home brewing business. Sure, but he was like so proud of twenty years, and I'm like, "It's really not that long." Well, it depends. Uh, is this a local place, Seattle, or is this in another? It was in, a, in another city. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think depending on where you are, it could be. Yeah. Uh, if Honestly, if you were to say Seattle 20 years, I actually feel like that'd be kind of a 
a healthy his- history in the town. You know, obviously you could have more, but breweries, as we talked about, I mean, weren't they back in like the 70s or something like that was when they started to become actual things? So, you know, obviously there was breweries before then, but, or at least I think there was, I forget. I'm, I'm probably misquoting ourselves, but, but I don't know. I think that's respectable, I would say, without any added context. All right. Well, you did send me a text over the weekend that, yes. that uh, I need to remind you of Pickle Elevator. Yes. Uh, so I'm glad you did that. Uh, last episode, if you didn't tune in, we talked pickles. Uh was our food episode. Uh, I heard good things about it, by the way. Some uh, some feedback from some f- uh, friends who tuned in and said that it was a really well-done episode. But at one of the dinner parties I went to, I, we mentioned that we talked about pickles, and she brought out this pickle elevator. Have you ever heard of a pickle elevator I don't, before? I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. I was flabbergasted, too, and if I didn't see it, I would have been a little confused. So apparently there's this thing called a pickle elevator where um, I don't know where it originates uh, per se. I know it's an older uh, device that isn't really used as much anymore. But basically what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to dump your jar of pickles into the pickle elevator, right? And the pickle elevator has holes in the bottom. And what you do is you lift the handle like an elevator and then it dra- all of the pickle juice goes away and then you can just take a pickle off the top. So you you know how if you get pickles, you're, you're searching through the jar to with a fork or whatever? Mm-hmm. This eliminates that, um, all of the pickle juice for when you're picking your pickles. I thought it was pretty awesome. And it works on any jar? Yeah, you, I mean, any normal-sized jar, you, you actually have to dump the jar. It's like a container, like the elevator is a container. So you would, I believe, put your pickles in there. It keeps it sealed. Oh, so you're, and then you're tossing and then You recycling. toss the can or okay. the um, the glass bottle. Okay. And then you pull it out, Got and it. that's what it is. So huh. I, it was weirdly, I, as someone who loves pickles like myself, I had never heard of that. And so hmm. that, was, that was new. But, yeah, so that was kind of the... Uh, the end of our, our news from our fans. But uh, I think we should jump into the topic at hand, which is a Netflix. You're a newsman. I ever tell you otherwise, you punch me in the face. So I will start this one off with uh, a kind of a weird topic. So actually yesterday there was some news that Netflix uh, is having a new original series coming out that is called The Goop Lab. I don't know if you've heard of this or seen this. I, I've heard of Goop. I I don't know what The Goop Lab is, although I did see that while I was working out this morning on the Today Show, there was something about Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. So yes. that's about all I know. Yeah. Uh, well, I I have a little bit to add to to that, but basically the launch of this, which, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, is, you know, this is her lifestyle brand, as you mentioned, and uh, it's actually been around for 10 years. I didn't realize that it's been around for so long, but this new Goop Lab uh, is actually making some people not very happy uh, that it's that this show is coming out. So the six-episode season is slated to release on January 24th, and it follows Paltrow and her team as they guide a group of women through a trial series of spiritual health and wellness trends. So she's kind of been in this weird category on this lifestyle brand of things that, you know, don't necessarily have the science backing 
their her products. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, you know, but she she's kind of aware of what what she's been doing with her products. Um, you know, she has been quoted at you know creating clickbait and cultural firestorms, telling um, Harvard Business School that she knows how to monetize the eyeballs as she says but she's actually had issues with her products like the jade and rose quartz and was sued for it because she said that it had a variety of benefits um most if not all of which were deemed to be false so Hmm. she's just kind of promoting these products now as it relates uh to the show to me it so the show is essentially them testing a lot of their products in like really seemingly weird and harsh ways mm-hmm. with actual people. And one of their backgrounds is they don't test animals, um, but they test people. And so it's like kind of weird to look at hmm. some of this, at, le- at least in the preview, it looks definitely a little strange um, and and kind of out there. But, um, but yeah, so it's, uh, to me, you know, looking at this, it feels like I, I don't like the look of it. Again, I can't judge it and I don't think her products are for me. But it looks like this is just one big promotion that Netflix has got a dollar amount from and is just going to do this because Gwyneth Paltrow's name's tied to it. But it definitely feels like she's just doing this as a way to promote the products, but then also to dig herself a little bit out of the hole of some of the lawsuits of, you know, that she doesn't actually test or that she doesn't, um, you know, they don't have they don't have the proper, you know, testing for some of this stuff. But yeah. Long story short, people actually aren't happy, and there's a lot of people that at least, you know, it's this is fresh, so there's no necessarily numbers tied to this yet, but there's uh, a lot of people on Twitter that are just, like, not happy with how it is and, mm-hmm. and how they have growing about the hmm. show, so they're saying they're going to drop Netflix because of it. Interesting. Um, we'll see if that actually comes, comes to fruition, but uh, that's kind of where we are. Yeah. Well, my news story, you know, as we kind of transition out of, 2019 and into 2020 um which by the way we forgot to say happy new year last last episode oh yeah happy new year everybody yeah we're a little late but yeah first recording for us in 2020 yes. so, so that's a big step uh hopefully we get to 100 in 2020 we're gonna what, 100 in 2020 oh reach a i gotcha yeah all right i was like that means two a week brian that's a lot of recording no 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 in, got it got it either with listeners downloads yeah yeah. Whatever. Oh, we we're gonna hit to. all of them. We're gonna hit every goal. But you know, when you kind of hit hit the new year, a lot of reports come out of how people did in 2019. And so, mm-hmm. uh, Netflix released um, the 10 most popular new releases of 2019. And one of the things that is very interesting about that is nine of of the 10 are actually Netflix productions. Oh, okay. Cool. Which isn't terribly surprising considering Netflix controls the algorithm and mm-hmm. controls what really people see but also it it kind of enforces the fact that they themselves are doing a lot of production yeah uh these days as they kind of lose the amount of of content you know with friends just going off of Netflix and and other licensing issues with yep. other other things kind of Disney Plus and and Amazon Prime, all these things coming and competing with Netflix yeah. um, for for a subscriber base. So you know, we talked about one of the videos or one of the movies, Murder Mystery. Yep. Uh, when we talked about Adam Sandler, but then you know, 
a couple of the other ones that that are on the list are uh, Stranger Things three, mm-hmm. Six Underground, which I watched and it's very I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, you mentioned that one. I I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, um, The Incredibles two. Uh, the Irishman, which I was a little surprised by, the Irishman and and The Witcher, mm-hmm. came out so recently that yeah. I'm a little surprised that they made it into this list. The, um, they have been uh, very popular as of obviously since their release and very much talked about. So that doesn't surprise me too much. I would venture to say that a lot of views of these shows come in the very first couple yeah, weeks. Yeah. So that you know probably makes sense. Yeah. Um, Incredibles two is the only dis the only non Netflix show. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That didn't feel like Netflix. Yeah, the the Triple Frontier, uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Uh, the Umbrella Academy and the Highwaymen hmm. round okay. out the top ten. So just kind of some some a list for you as we kind of head into the the new year. Yep. And you probably see a, a pretty big evolution for Netflix in the coming year yes, um, with a lot more productions. So we uh, are kind of already getting into a little bit of information about Netflix, so we might as well drop some knowledge. Crap. I, already, I always do this, Justin. Yeah. I, we bury the lead. I knew it. I knew you were going to wait. I was going to say we should segue into this, and you already went into the knowledge, and here we are buried in the lead, with yeah. the lead. Yeah. Um, well, why don't, why don't as as we usually do, why don't, why, Brian, tell us a little bit of your background with maybe use of Netflix, a little bit of your connection to it, if at all. Yeah. So I think I, f- I, I can't remember exactly the year that I first got it. I think I might have been in college when I, I first got the original okay. uh, style of Netflix. And we'll um, talk about that a little bit sure. later, but where you actually got, you know, a DVD. Yep. And I think I got it as a Christmas gift, uh, a year long subscription. Okay. And after a while, I just, you know, just wasn't watching enough movies, mm-hmm. you know, as hard because i always felt like i with a dvd you kind of almost feel like you have to watch the whole thing for sure yeah and you can't stop in the middle and you've you're can't really be distracted by it because it's it's a dvd um and so i i didn't continue it and then probably about i don't know two years ago Mm-hmm. Um, I may or may not be using my parents' oh, okay. um, Netflix. Noted, noted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, have Netflix now, and mm-hmm. and you know, watch a few shows on it every once in a while. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Netflix guy necessarily. Okay. But you know, I I have started to download movies to my iPad and watch them on you know plane rides and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, in the last couple of years. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. For me, I, I can't remember the first time I had Netflix. I certainly, I do remember at least a time period when, uh, and this might've been late high school, early college. I want to say late high school when my family had the, uh, mail subscription where mm-hmm. you, you know, get the DVDs. It wasn't very long. It was very short lived. Maybe it was even a trial. Um, but I, I, similar reaction where i remember having challenges with you know you'd you'd get this movie and then as soon as you got it you're like oh well i gotta get another one um or i gotta watch this and then so i can get another one but 
Um, but I've as as long as I can remember, and my memory is not uh, that great. But at least since I've been out in Seattle, which is closing in on seven years uh, this year, uh, we've had Netflix. And uh, regardless of cable or anything else, we've had Netflix. Mm-hmm. So been a, a regular watcher of it. I tune in very often to Netflix, almost daily, and uh, I enjoy the platform. So okay. Well, since uh, now we can officially drop yes. some knowledge, um, and as we normally do, I am the history guy and Justin is the stats guy. i got to get that part in there. <laughs> but um, we're obviously going to start with some history. So uh, founded in 1997 by serial entrepreneurs Reed Hastings and Mark Randolph uh, in Scotts Valley, California. So at the time, Hastings owned a company called Pure uh, Atera, and Randolph worked as a marketing director for that company. Uh, they came up with the idea of Netflix while commuting back and forth uh, from their homes uh, to Pure Altera. Um, and I, I believe it was like an hour commute that they had each way or something sure. like that. But um, So Randolph admired uh, the up-and-coming e-commerce company called Amazon. Mm. and wanted to find a large category of portable items that he could sell and distribute over over the internet. That is kind of wild because he was basing it probably off of Amazon as a bookstore. Correct. Yeah. Huh. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So he thought about VHS, but that would be uh, way too expensive to stock and too delicate to ship. So... Along this lines, though, uh, DVDs were first introduced to the United States in March of 1997. And so they started testing the concept by selling and renting DVDs by mail at that time, shortly after the the DVDs were kind of introduced even to the United States. Obviously, you know, didn't catch on quickly because Mm -hmm. not very many people had DVD players yet. Right, yeah. Um, In April 14th, 1998, they launched the the world's first online DVD rental store with 30 employees and 90, 925 titles. Okay. So they, they chose the name of the company, and it, it was a pretty drawn-out pro- process. They started with some options of directpix.com, replay.com, as well as luna.com, and that was apparently Randolph's dog. Mm. Uh, but they eventually decided on Netflix because of uh, the internet and mm, distributing that makes of, sense. of flicks. Yep. So uh, the way Netflix worked at that time, a subscriber would create a rental queue, uh, which was basically a, a list of films to rent. And the films would be delivered individually by USPS, United States Postal Service, um, from one of their regional warehouses. Um, and as of... Uh, March 28th of 2011, Netflix had 58 shipping locations throughout the United States. So a a subscriber um, could keep the the disc as long as they wanted, um, and and there was you know a a limit on the number of discs that you could have at one time based off of whatever subscription um, type or tier you were on, and in order to uh, rent a new disc, the person had to return the previous disc with the envelope that 
Netflix would ship mm-hmm. with uh, the DVD initially. And then once Netflix got it back, they would pick the next DVD that was on your queue and send that out, and you'd get the new one. In uh, September of 1999, they introduced the idea of a monthly subscription uh, concept. Before that, they were just on an individual rental basis. So you'd you'd uh, ba- basically rent by DVD rather than a kind of monthly subscription or, or quote-unquote unlimited. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2000, when Netflix had about 300,000 subscribers and they relied on the uh, U.S. Postal Service for delivery of the DVDs, they were losing a lot of money. Uh, and they actually offered Blockbuster... Um, to buy the company for fifty million dollars. Yeah, that is. I've I've heard of this, and that is so tragic. Not only that you missed out on an opportunity, but you eventually became a failing business due to the lack of buying. You know, mm-hmm. because if they bought them, they could have dominated the market. Blockbuster would be yeah. in the streaming world. I have no doubt. Yeah. So what they did was they they proposed uh, Netflix proposed to Blockbuster that they would rename to be blockbuster.com and they would handle the online business while blockbuster could take care of the DVDs and um you know make them less dependent on the US postal service mm-hmm. and obviously that was declined and and it's it's hard to believe that Netflix will last forever you know cuz they may be outscaled by somebody else as well but yeah, you you hate to see that Blockbuster had this opportunity and now they're this failing company with yeah. one lasting Blockbuster in the world. Yeah, and and I think we'll probably get into this a little bit. I know my stats cover it slightly, but with you know the reason why Netflix is so powerful is because they were, you know, they revolutionized this streaming service, and you know while there are competitors, Netflix was really kind of the first to to offer this level of, of, uh, service. And so even though, you know, as you say, like, will it last forever? Probably not. Uh, there will be something bigger and better. I think there are certainly a lot of challengers to them right now, uh, which will take away from their market and, um, and will take away from, you know, their stock prices and all of that. But in general, like they, they have such a, a stranglehold on people because it's almost like, well, you know, of course I have Netflix. Like you stream shows, of course I have Netflix. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So uh, in 2001, sales of DVD players finally really took off uh, and they became more affordable, selling for around $200 a piece. And this was right about the Thanksgiving time. And so it became one of the popular gifts for Christmas in, in 2001. Um, that was a DVD player being a popular gift which meant in 2002 Netflix really saw a huge surge in their subscriptions Hmm. also in 2002 uh, in May they went public with their initial public offering but it wasn't until 2003 first year that they actually posted a profit huh okay yeah that's I mean a lot of startups will will be in the hole to start and, and that's something that Netflix in my, even outside of what we did for this podcast, I've noticed as I look at stocks occasionally, Netflix is one of those that typically operates in the negative. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and so it, at even though it's that's a long time, it doesn't really surprise me with how they do content. So, 
Netflix is you know, obviously a forward-thinking company as they've kind of evolved from the DVDs to now internet streaming, but uh, they also had this idea of a Netflix box where mm-hmm. they knew that DVDs was not going to last forever, but it was almost a uh, hard drive that they would ship out that interesting that they could overnight um, and be ready to watch the next day. So you'd have these ability to, you and know, there'd be like multiple movies yeah, on they, it okay. or whatever your or subscription, sh- yeah. similar to a rental, but yeah. then you'd ship back the hard drive and, you know, they, they started this idea and in 2005 they acquired the movie rights and, and designed the box in a service uh, and they were ready to go public with it. But then after discovering that, that YouTube was out there um, and really went and seeing what, you know, popularity they had with streaming services like YouTube and, and others, they kind of scrapped that whole idea um, and, you know, never ran with it. In 2006, the Red Envelope Entertainment was created by Netflix, and this was a studio that produced independent content for the company's DVD-to-mail service. And the company produced and distributed over 100 films, but ultimately uh, closed in 2008, which I thought was really interesting that, you know, even before this most recent version of kind of Netflix productions that they have, they were trying to do this content as well, but you know, obviously, it, it, the appetite wasn't there from a DVD perspective mm-hmm. because nobody really wanted to watch these shows or or just risk renting a DVD that maybe they didn't like. And mm-hmm. again, talking about you have to finish it if you ha- if it's a DVD, whereas if you don't like a show, you just kind of go to the next one. Yeah, when you're streaming. Yep. In February of 2007, the uh, company actually delivered its billionth DVD. And it began to move away from DVDs and introduce the video on demand via the internet. And so it really saw a a DVD sales fall between 2006 and 2011. And the um, 2008 through 10, they started partnering with really powerful consumer electronics companies like TVs, uh, TV manufacturing companies, Xbox, PS3s, and iPads to bring their internet streaming um, content to these actual devices. And then in 2011, they actually started to produce, co-produce, and distribute original content. So going mm-hmm. back to what they kind of started in 2006. Yeah. So it really only lasted three years where they kind of failed at one attempt right. at creating their own content and then came back to it. Yeah. And I think when I when original content started coming out, and this is when I started to become a regular, you know, just before I started to become a regular user, I really thought the premise of original content wouldn't work. Uh, and I thought that, you know, it, you know, they're not bringing in original like big name actors at that time. It was just like unique things, and it wasn't until like most shows, I feel like I tune into people start talking about a specific show you're like okay i'll give it a try and then you watch and you're like oh wow that actually was good uh it doesn't it's just like a tv show you don't necessarily need a big name actor but you know as they've changed in recent years they're they're now because they're so popular and people are so many people are watching it you know there are the big actors of today are now going from the big screen and coming to streaming services like netflix yeah so 
a couple last things that I have. So when they started to get into the streaming game, they uploaded their first video, basically test footage that they uploaded. And it was 11 minutes of test footage uh, in 2011. And you can actually still watch, the, apparently watch the footage by typing in example show in the search engine. And what? it's apparently going to pop up. Yeah. And it's really a strange cut together of of uh, shorts that uh, are like a very abstract art film and an unidentifiable, unidentifiable man juggling and reciting Shakespeare. But this was all to kind of test the f- different frame rates and how their streaming service would handle different types of content. Okay. And you look, uh, are you searching right now? Yep, I'm jumping on Netflix to search. Yeah. But continue. Okay, so the the first original content that they started to produce was uh, House of Cards, apparently, which I didn't, I, I couldn't believe that that was actually one of their first. Yeah, it's been around for a while. But, um, and then in March of 2000, Netflix confirmed to TechCrunch that they had acquired domain name dvd.com. And by 2016, uh, Netflix had actually quietly rebranded its DVD to mail service under the name dvd.com, a Netflix company. Hmm. So the, the DVD to mail still actually exists if you wanted it for so, for whatever reason. I mean, I guess maybe you don't have good internet and they can provide that. So there's so you're saying though that they are providing the same like that service still? Yes. Like you could like subscribe it's still, to that? Still their company. They have there has to be good money in that if they're going to if they continue to offer it even if I don't I'm curious how many people actually do it now. Yeah, interesting. I mean, if you think about all their original content though that you can you can now are potentially interested in and could you know get now um i mean i think it makes sense so it looks like you know it's eight dollars a month for one disc out at a time or uh, or twelve dollars a month for two discs out at a time um and you can do blu-ray format too so i mean if you really enjoy watching that stuff i guess yeah interesting oh maybe this is it i had to google it but i i couldn't search for it but i had when i went into google and i typed in example show netflix it did pop up with the netflix app and now it's just kind of a random we got a fountain going on i mean it's 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 11 minutes i said it was 11 Stock footage. Oh, oh there's the guy. Here's a guy. Oh, he's moonwalking. Good for you, bro. Oh, he's juggling uh, there. Yep, he's juggling oh, there. Yeah, look Test, at you. Testing the frame rates. Wow. I wonder how many views this thing has. This is a pretty cool Easter egg for for Netflix. Oh, they got some weird. Oh, watch next episode. What's the next? Oh, it's the same thing. Season two is the same exact episode, uh, or episode two of season one. Interesting. That is pretty cool. Well, I will jump into some quick stats before we do our traditional friendship test. But as of 2019, October, uh, Netflix has 158 million subscribers. That is, uh, I think they came up uh, as of the last quarter, like maybe 200,000 short of their goal for the quarter. So they actually even though they're slightly short, the stock's 
uh, stayed upwards, but it expects to add another 7.6 million subscribers in the next quarter. So that's mostly focused. I feel like they've penetrated the U.S. market quite well. Yeah. Uh, really, where they're what they're doing right now is focusing on the international. So they've seen a lot of growth in the last couple years of international uh, subscribers uh, compared to where they were. I think actually in 2017, they were at 23.1 million international subscribers. And now in 2019, they're at 47.4. So almost doubled the amount of uh, international subscribers. And I, I, I believe they, they plan to target a couple new areas um, for that. So... Uh, they are worth over 231 billion right now, so you know that 50 million. Uh, uh, I I really hope health-wise that you know you've learned from this. Whoever the owner or whatever of um, Blockbuster is, uh, I hope they don't wake up every morning saying that could have been me because I have trouble yeah. saying that I wouldn't be that person. Yeah. <laughs> that would that would leave a long long hole. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what what Blockbuster was worth back in at the time. Yeah, yeah, it it it. Uh, I'd be curious as well. I I would highly doubt as high as this, but it was it was a top brand at the time. But that that two hundred thirty one billion is roughly equivalent to the GDP of Greece or New Zealand. So, yeah, that's that's how big this company is. It's kind of massive. So it has some hefty competition, as I mentioned, as we talked about a little bit earlier, especially as of late. So Hulu, some of the big ones, uh, and there's a variety of these, but some of the big ones, Hulu has 28 million, and that's that's only in the U.S. compared to the 158 million, that's uh, internationally. So that's every um, everywhere that Netflix is offered. Amazon Prime has about 46 million in the U.S., According to this, this includes Canada. Netflix has about 67 million in the U.S. and Canada. So Amazon Prime is actually pretty close. But Amazon Prime to me is a little bit of a unique one in that you get it because you have Prime. Or I guess I should say Prime Video. You get it because you're getting yeah. Prime. You're not yeah, really yeah. getting – it's like a bonus. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't think people are paying for Prime just no. for Amazon. Prime no, Video. I, I I think some might be, but it and maybe more in recent years. Or recent, I would hope not. There's not much offering there. There's a couple things. There's a couple shows: Marvel, Smith, Maisel, uh, The Boys. There's a couple of good shows there that people. I don't know if they would subscribe just for that. Uh, you list, I have Amazon Prime Video, and I'm on there every once in a while, and those are three names that I have not even like thought about watching or or looking I'm at I'm curious if you would like The Boys. The Boys is an interesting one in that it's it's like a a darker version of a superhero movie where the superheroes are the bad guys, but huh. they're thought to be the good guys. It's actually really interesting and it's it's a little gritty. So if you liked the underground one, I think this one actually kind of, it's not fourth wall breaking, but it's interesting. it's it's cool. So I, I, I mean, recommend that one. Okay, thank you. I appreciate there, that. There you go. Now you'll Mr. get use out of your Prime video. Mr. Pop Culture. They, well, sure. Um, Can I just yep, interject yep, real quick? Ahead. Because I, I had to look up, you know, the um, Blockbuster stuff. So they actually had a rough uh, 2000 and 2001. So, uh, or I guess this date says 2000, but um, 
in in mid 2000 uh they partnered with enron in an attempt to create a video on demand service oh yeah oh that followed by declining (laughs) their with enron their yeah so declining netflix later and then they also partnered with a company called dvd rental central and they paid a million dollars for it it was an arizona father and son dvd rental company uh with about ten thousand subscribers at the time wow yeah that is Ooh, that is rough I'm, yeah. I'm sorry blockbuster but you uh yikes that's that's a tough one well uh the last number i had was actually disney plus which is our recent most recent addition to this uh craziness which is uh, the numbers aren't out necessarily for the end of this past year i know they had 10 million subscribers in the first two days and they had uh, they're estimated around 20 million as of the end of this of uh, the 2019 year so they're 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 climbing up the other ones that aren't listed in here uh you know hbo apple tv uh plus and um like youtube red that type of thing they're they're really smaller players in the grand scheme of things uh but interesting uh nonetheless but or nonetheless but uh if you're curious about prices, I'll quick run through this. This was as of, I guess, November. So HBO runs at, at about $15 or $14.99, as does HBO Max. Prime Video, if you were to just get that, would be $9.91. So basically that's uh, the $119 annual plan of, of Amazon Prime. So again, kind of a weird number, but you divide that by 12 Netflix is eight dollars and ninety nine cents standard. Disney Plus six dollars and ninety nine cents. Hulu five dollars and ninety nine cents, and Apple TV the cheapest at four dollars and ninety nine cents. Apple TV, which isn't on here uh, or on some of these numbers, it's pretty re- uh, recent with them. They do have a new show, and I'm blanking. I think it's like the new show, or I for- I have to look it up. Uh, but they have a new show with Steve Carell that oh, I'm really yeah. interested in seeing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you're anti-Apple, so I I am, and uh, it actually made me consider like, how do I get access to that show? Like, I was really curious. I heard it's a, a decent show uh, for those who tuned into it. I just don't know. Oh, the morning show is what it's called. Um, so I'm intrigued by that. But other than that, I haven't heard much about Apple TV. Um, but yeah, so obviously with the announcement actually of Apple Plus and Disney Plus, uh, we actually have seen some drops in the stock uh apple plus weirdly enough that announcement in september was the one that saw the biggest drop with netflix disney Uh, plus no apple plus did disney plus i would have thought would have had a bigger impact but it only affected it for like a day and then it bounced Hmm. back up so really uh, and you know but two two big two hits in a month period uh is what uh is kind of i think really what is hitting the, the stock prices is that oh, wait a second, it's not just Netflix anymore. It's not just Netflix and Hulu uh, and Amazon Prime. There's now all these other players, the NBC, you know, NBC or what is it called? The Peacock or whatever. I don't even mm. know what they're calling it. But these other new ones that are going to keep popping up, they're going to, you know, they're coming. Uh, it's going to create some interesting uh, options for us. Um, and really, the way I see it going is that we're eventually going to be in a spot where it's almost like, 
pick your own channels on TV, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you can at least control what you want, when you want to watch it, but it's almost like different channels on mm. TV. And you kind mm. of, you've we've gotten so good, and now we're getting away from that, which kind of stinks, but it's driven by money. So I, I, I get it. So some some of the original content, I'll skip over some of the lists, but uh, some of the original content. So they spend 20, or sorry, $12 billion in 2018 on original content uh and it's and it's expected to come around 15 billion uh with 2019 coming to a close and i counted this out uh they have on their website they have a list of every original content piece i did a little bit of math and i calculated 1200 original content pieces that includes movies shows um probably 90 percent of that really bad content but um, 10% of it, awesome, and that's what people come for. So you mentioned a little bit of this, but uh, this is some data from viewership between October 2018 and September 2019. Uh, so it's a couple months data. Some of the newer stuff that you mentioned aren't isn't on this, but the top original movies are Bird Box at 80 million, Murder Mystery, which you mentioned at 73 million, and Triple Frontier, at 52 million. Have you heard of Triple Frontier? No. So I knew I heard of it. I didn't know why. I definitely knew the other ones because I saw the other ones. But uh, all three of these were crowd-pleasing films uh, that were sold almost exclusively on their stars. So Bird Box was Sandra Bullock. Murder Mystery was Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. And then Triple Frontier was Ben Affleck. Hmm. So they're, as I mentioned earlier, as we talked about, they're pulling in these Big, big. I mean, these are, you know, maybe they're getting a little bit older and they're not in the, you know, the newest hit films out on t- on uh, in the theaters. But these people are big actors that draw people to, to tune in. And so, you know, th- they're seeing some good results with it. And then Netflix's top TV series, you mentioned one of these two, same same timeline, Stranger Things at 64 million, Umbrella Academy at 45. And then this one I never heard of, La Casa de Papel uh, at forty-four million, um, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's most of what I got. So I think it's time to jump into some friendship test. We just become best friends. Yep. All right, Brian, it is time. And the first question I want to go back into the history a little bit, and I want to ask you, Brian, do you miss Blockbuster at all? Hmm. Well, you know. What's funny is is it actually took Blockbuster a while to come to Pullman. So Oh yeah. I didn't have it like truly growing up. I mean I was I was probably a teenager when Blockbuster came to Pullman. Okay. Um so we had some like other rental stores though. I think Video World might have been one of the names. Did you video, have a Hollywood video? No, video Quest. Actually oh, video, video Quest. Oh. Right? I think it was Video Quest. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood video. Uh briefly. Okay. Blockbuster Blockbuster was definitely the one to go to mm-hmm. though in Pullman. You know, there is something about on a Friday going to a Blockbuster and trying to figure out what movie you're going to get to watch or yeah. what video games you're going to get to play over the weekend. Mm-hmm. There's something a little bit like slower pace and yes. you know, oh, can I get some of the the popcorn in the tub that we just have to microwave? Uh-huh. You know, I it's a little nostalgic. It it totally is, and as and you know, I'm looking at you and and you're smiling, and I I'm smiling too because I'm thinking about my memories too. As 
we you go back into you know the same thing like it'd be a friday and you go with the family and you know you get to pick out a maybe a movie and you get that video game that you've been wanting to try and play and uh, th- maybe you maybe they'd have some of those used games and used movies that you're like i've never seen that but it's only like five dollars to buy it wow like and like you said the popcorn i i just like the browsing there's it just i don't i'm i'm curious if there will be a res not a resurgence it'll be more of an experience but i feel like there should will be a netflix style like open up shop like this to even if it's just a promotional type thing I think there will be some value in that because I know people will go to that. I, and it's like I, a record store. Yes. Yeah. Like, like a record, record store. store. And you go and you kind of check it out and you have, you know, people, you know, you check out stuff and just try to, I know, I think actually recently this, this episode isn't about Blockbuster, but I think recently there, there still is one or two Blockbusters. One. One. Okay. So one of them was in Oregon and uh, that. I believe, I believe the last, there was four and I believe the last uh, one or the last three were in Alaska, and I think the last one is in Oregon or something like that. Yes, I think it was in Bend, Oregon, or some. I forget where. Apparently, I was I was actually told today that the last Blockbuster Twitter account is a must follow. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's the last in the world. Uh, it's Bend, Oregon. You are correct. Okay. So if you are on the West Coast and you want to relive that, like Brian and I are thinking about, you can make a trip to Bend, Oregon, and uh, I don't know if it'll be worth it. And uh, you might get some late fees if unless you uh, are ready to drive all the way back. March but. 31st of, of 2019, the last Australian blockbuster closed, mm. making the one in Bend the only blockbuster in the world. Oh never die i hope they live forever i'm it's got it i i'm just shocked that they have a business still i thought that they were bankrupt and done and whatever but i mean good for them but i i definitely you know for me i miss it i don't know if i necessarily need it but i do miss it when was the last time you went to one? Oh, oh that's tough Ooh. I mean, when did they start closing down a mass amount of shops? Probably around early 2000s, right? No. Mid 2000s? Uh, I believe. I believe I saw like 2010 was kind of when they went bankrupt. Okay, so I would have been 20. I I want to say that the last time I went to one would have been when I was 15. So that would have been 2005 is what I would guess. Because that was, you know, right around middle school, high school time. I don't remember going to Blockbuster all that much in high school, though. It probably happened. There was a Boston Market over by uh, the Blockbuster by my, the probably the closest one to my house. And you would sometimes do Boston Market and get a movie. Yeah, I don't know. I think that would be. What about what about you? What was the last so time? So it looks like uh, 2010 is when they filed for bankruptcy and all the stores became owner owned by dish network uh oh yeah okay so dish net okay that that makes a little bit more sense that there's someone else 2014 was actually when most of them closed okay so i believe i want to say 2008 or 9 probably sometime when i was in college 
So okay. there's actually a blockbuster fairly close to the campus on uh, mm. college. And at that time, I don't think I remember having Netflix. And so every, you know, every couple of Fridays I'd go and yeah, uh, maybe rent a, a video game or, or whatever it might be. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that was about it. Cool. So we ha- you talked about some of the options for streaming services that are out there. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. You talked about Apple T or Apple Plus. Mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, Disney Plus is a little bit different right now. Um, but yeah, uh, of those options that I kind of gave, what what uh, is your favorite? Yeah, so it's uh, it's a little bit tough for me to pick though. If I had to, you know, make a true decision, I'd probably say Netflix. It's a pretty close second. Actually, you know what? It's not. It's not a close second. Uh, Netflix is is number one. Hulu is great though. I I do we watch a lot of shows, but what I find is that Hulu, if I ever run out of something, like if I run out of the shows that I'm keeping up with, which Hulu typically is, you know, they do have seasons of shows, but mostly it's a, um, you know, this show was just on TV. I don't have cable, so I'm going to go to Hulu to watch SNL or mm. go to watch, you know, Superstore or whatever it is. But Netflix for me is one of those, it's like, it could be a full trap. Like you watch your show. Once you're done with that show, you're like, well, I'm going to watch another show because there's some other good content there. Mm. They have a lot of good content. Hulu's original content, I think, is lackluster. The, I've I've seen a couple shows on, on theirs. Um, I think... I'm I'm trying to remember on the one that that jumped out at me, but um, but yeah, there, there's there's some okay shows, but for the most part, it's it's Netflix that really dominates in that. What what about you? Uh, you know, I think I probably at this point spend more time on Netflix. I don't have Hulu. I do have Amazon Prime, and I do enjoy some of the the series that are on Amazon Prime, but you know. It, it's kind of interesting because I kind of always check both of them because I'm a I'm a bigger like movie guy if I if I'm looking on either of these than I am necessarily a series. Okay. There are a few series that I've kind of started to have on in the background, but I don't really necessarily pay attention to them. I guess no. I I did watch The Office on when I had to do three seasons of The Office. And you had to do it. <laughs> Disgrace. So I think there's just more options with Netflix, but it is interesting because I think there's been a shift of of content to it, and whereas Netflix used to have kind of everything, and now I don't feel that way. I don't feel like I go to Netflix and I'm like, oh, like this one, this I have to watch this. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, eh, if I get time, I'll watch this. Like, yeah, I, it's not a, it's not like a must see or the newest releases from DVD or from theaters anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's more about their original content than it is about yeah. other people. We haven't mentioned this at all, but I feel like I often get into this. Do you ever feel like you're in a show hole? I know that this, have you ever heard this concept before? No. There was actually a commercial about it. And I think that, I don't know if they coined the term, uh, but I definitely use it a lot where we my, Alyssa and I will watch a ton of shows, whether that's dramas or or comedies or whatever. And when we kind of run out of a show, we're like, "Oh no!" Like 
what do I watch? Like, mm. I need something. And so, honestly, you'll just be stuck in this mode of, like, well, we could do that, or we could do that again, and I don't know. And, and it's just this deep, I don't know. It's And you can scroll forever. It's just weird. I um, guess I would be in a show hole right now. Okay, there you go. I I, I am not in a show hole. I'm watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel right now, so I'm okay. I'm I'm watching, re-watching-ish person of interest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it, but it's more like a background noise. Did you finish um, um, House of Cards? I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, that would be a good, that was, that's a moment, right? Like you finish a big series like that and you're like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. I, do I just, and our, for us, our whole filler is almost always The Office. Really? The Office, it's either The Office, Parks and Rec, or New Girl as mm-hmm. kind of our like Netflix show fillers. And I, if I don't want to think about it and just put something funny on, those are the three that always jump out to me. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, okay. Well, well, you put this in there, but is it okay to to share share logins? Do you feel I mean, guilty about sharing your parents? I don't. Okay. I don't know. I, I I would maybe if it was a friend, but since it's my parents, yeah, I I don't feel that guilty. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Okay. I. I I uh, have a lot of their passwords. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So you have access to many things. Yeah. Um, I'm giving you a face like I I I uh, am judging you, but I'm not. I I do the same thing. <laughs> we why we actually interesting enough. So, and this is a little bit of my background too. Um, so I'll, you know, undigging the lead a little bit more. Uh, we have Netflix. We have Hulu. We have Amazon Prime. We have HBO. We have Disney Plus. Holy cow. Yeah. You, so, how many do you pay for? So we pay for Netflix, I believe. Uh, my sister-in-law plays pays for Hulu, I believe. <laughs> I forget who pays for what in these things. We pay for Disney+. Plus. I guess how many of those do you pay for? Uh, rather than... Two, I want to say two, two or three of them. Okay. Uh, we pay for, and then we split with, uh, you know. So, and we just kind of worked it out, and, and, you know, we're not... Know, super it's not like hey pay half this it's like no you got this service i got this service they're all you know pretty comparable um in price and hbo is kind of an exception but um but we we kind of cover some other stuff so it works out really nicely and we've even had some one of our friends reach out recently and was like hey i don't have disney plus but do you want to share yours and i'm like well i don't really care so as long as we have access to an account i don't really mind sharing it so I have no remorse, and I think that it's now beca- become a part of the culture of streaming. You ha- you share accounts. It's just it is what it is. They they mm. buffer their pricing, assuming that people are sharing their. You think so? I think so. Yeah. You you there's no way to compete against it. You can try to geo target and geo lock and whatever you want to do, but you know. And I think they tried that. I think some of these services. I don't know if Netflix is one of them, but I think some of them have tried to fight it. We talked Disney Plus for a little bit. Disney Plus was thinking about, do we do it? Do we, you know, stop them and, and try to police this? And for now, they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to do anything about it because it's just too tough. It's not worth it. Just let people enjoy it and share it, and then they'll talk to their friends about watching this cool show like The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, and then they'll go and say, I'm going to go and tune into that. So I think it's good for their brand to actually allow it and show flexibility with it. So anyway, I think it's okay. All right. Do you have a... Netflix original favorite, whether that be a 
show or a movie? Yeah, so I had a little bit of trouble with this one too. I'm a big show guy. Uh, I love a lot of shows. Um, if you had, you know, had me pick, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw three out here, um, and uh, the first would be I don't know if it's in this order, but the first would be Stranger Things. Big fan of Stranger Things. Took me a while. I think it took me about a year to to give it a chance, and then when I did, I I really enjoyed it. I think they did a good job with it. Uh, Umbrella Academy, which we mentioned, both of mm-hmm. us. Uh, I actually really like that too. Kind of an off the cuff superhero type movie. Big fan of those. And to no surprise, as I'm a big Marvel person, the entire Marvel series um, would fall into this category. I put Daredevil, but really. Like I mean, Jessica Jones is great. Luke Cage is is good. Iron Fist is all right. The Defenders is a great you know collaboration of all these guys coming together. But the Marvel group of shows is is really quality um, Marvel stuff and very different than the very fluffy, brighter movies that are on TV or on in the theater these are much darker and um and pull on those things so i i enjoyed all of those but honestly if you ask me what my favorite netflix show was it'd be the office but it's not an original so you know that's that's that <laughs> of course yeah yeah i would have to say from a show perspective the one that i'm probably most into at least and you know it's only two seasons in and and it i well, shoot, no, I can't even. That's not a Netflix original now that I'm thinking oh. about it, right? Um, well, you, I can tell you if you Shooter was not a Netflix original. I think it was USA. Oh, oh I don't know. Uh, I believe it was USA. But I I enjoyed Shooter. Yeah, it was it was a USA yep. network. Yep. Okay. So, want to rethink Back that? Back to the drawing board. <laughs> um. It's hard. I, I will say, as you think about it, I, I will say it's hard sometimes to even know what is a Netflix original or not. I think some things are unanimous with Netflix, like Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Um, and I've watched that. House of Cards. House of Cards. Yep. Yeah. The problem is, when I get to the end of a series, I don't necessarily enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, uh, that's not really my favorite because I didn't enjoy the whole series. So... You know, not to dig too deep into this, as I think this could spark debates with a lot of people, but I think if you have a good time, like House of Cards for me, I had a good time for like two seasons watching that show. Like I really enjoyed it and I wouldn't put it in my favorite shows, but I had a really good time. And then I just kind of got bored. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of the same thing. And then, you know, you lose your main character. You got, you know, it's it's kind of a weird time. I didn't even finish it. And so... I don't think if if I didn't finish it, it it cannot land on my favorites. But those types of shows, I think, still have a ton of respect from me if they've created a great like Game of Thrones for me is another example, not on Netflix, but it's a show that so many people were disappointed at the end. But it gave us nine nine I think nine ten seasons of awesomeness. It wasn't even that I don't even remember, but it gave us a lot of seasons of awesomeness. And so I I feel like those type of shows are are still good. So. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have a favorite show. Um, okay. I would say the Six Underground, the movie yeah. that I just watched okay. recently. It's up there? It 
would have to be up there. Okay. Not that I've watched that many Netflix yeah. originals, but as an enjoyable movie, mm-hmm. it was up there. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I'm I'm intrigued. So I'm I'm probably gonna watch that in the next week or so because uh, I want to. I like Ryan Reynolds, and I you know I think if he's if it's his type of humor, I think it'll be good. So I, I don't know if you've looked ahead. I have, but have you looked at anything in 2020 for Netflix? Do you know anything? No. Are you excited for no. anything? Pop culture is above me. I, sure. All right. Well, I'll fill in people with uh, what I'm excited about. As a big show guy, I can't obviously speak for every show person because we all have different interests. But um, two things that I'm excited for. One is out right now, and I haven't gotten a chance to watch it, but a lot of buzz about The Witcher. I Witcher is based off of a video game that I have, and I haven't played that yet either. Uh, so I want to probably package playing the game and then and then uh, watching it. But I hear it's really good from from a lot of uh, people out there. The other one is actually not out yet, and I believe they're calling for it in uh, March potentially. I don't know if there's a set. It just says 2020. But it's actually Space Force. It might have came up in another conversation. Uh, but Space Force is it's kind of a is it it is, a documentary. It's a comedy about a uh, creating Space Force, like the the what is that sixth tier of the military or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's directed by or created by Greg Daniels, who did The Office and Parks and Rec. Hmm. And those type of shows, which I love, it has uh, the main cast is Steve Carell, and it's got Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec. It's got John Malkovich, which is uh, who's a great actor. It's just it has the the foundation foundation to be a great show. And so, in terms of a new show, that is one that I'm like the moment it comes out, I'm going to be ready for it. I'm really excited. Hmm. All right. Well. Um Let's do some delusional thinking. You really are crazy. So, Justin, the my delusional thinking for you this week is, would you rather have all videos you watch require buffering after five minutes? And, you know, we'll say you have to buffer for about, about 30 seconds. Not every time you have to br- sure. buffer for 30 seconds, but every five minutes you have to buffer for 20 to 30 seconds. Or an ad plays after every song that you hear in your life. Yep. So this is a terrible nightmare situation that you've dreamt up for us, Brian, because both of these are so incredibly bad. I watch a lot of video content, Netflix included in this, and... For me to have to buffer every five minutes would make me so angry. Long-form content with breaks in the middle. I mean, it's every five... I mean, it's you could argue it's kind of like a watching TV, except TV at least will package together, you know, 10 minutes, and then they'll give you, you know, a couple minutes of commercials. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, just balancing it out. So you might get the same amount of commercials, but the breaks would, re- I mean, would really piss me off. The ads playing after every song I hear is pretty awful as a 
I, I listen to Spotify all the time, but I w I'm too cheap to pay for Spotify, which is really funny because I have all these streaming services for, for video, but I, I won't pay for Spotify. But for me, you know, I, I hate when the ads come up and I, you know, I want to just kind of tune them out. But I would I would much rather have an ad after every song. And, and I know this is, we're talking anywhere. So I think music is more common everywhere than a video would be. But I cannot stand stopping content. It frustrates me so much when something has to buffer for, you know, and, and, and necessarily, like, and this is buffering. It's not necessarily uh, an, an ad in this scenario that we've dreamt up or that you've dreamt up. So in that five minutes for TV, you know, or for that for that thirty seconds or whatever. Even though I'd be fresh, ah, now I'm double thing. No, I'm gonna stick with my gut, and I know I'm talking a lot. I'm going to go with the ad that plays. No. <laughs> oh my gosh! I all right, talk talk it out. I need to I need to collect my thoughts because this is this is getting uh, to me. All right, well, so the the music anytime you hear it, yes, that's gonna apply to anything that you ever right you ever. You know, here, it, videos. Uh, you know, if you were to go and watch a movie in a theater, it's not going to do that. It's really, I, I think, this is only really applying to videos online, right? Sure. Nowhere else yeah. needed needs right. to buffer. I think one that would would probably change my profession because I don't think I I yep. could physically do my job if, if that were the case although yeah. i do create a lot of videos that are under five minutes so oh. you know you may be yeah. okay there sure you know you wouldn't be able to stream any sports mm. or effectively stream any sports yeah oh, uh, that would be awful yeah <laughs> the yeah. other thing the other thing to consider with the first one is that you're after five minutes that may not be a, necessarily a break point so you don't really have control over what is going on on the screen yeah. when that happens. So now, what ha with buffering? It's just it's like a pause button, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's not like I'm losing, like it's a misconnection and then I'm losing something live. You know, if I'm watching, although if I'm watching sports and it buffers, am I going to miss that thirty seconds? No, it would eventually pick up that thirty seconds. Okay, but, got it. But it would it would come a few seconds but later. I would be very delayed yeah uh, 30 seconds later okay uh, I think I would struggle with with any music because any song that you hear I mean whether it be somebody playing the radio somebody playing a stereo mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you have to hear an ad because you know I I know there's certain situations whether it's like working out or you know just working to music and it's like you're you're kind of in a flow and then the music comes on and then you go to an ad. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you go to an ad. And so I think that's more disruptive to me than than it is the video buffering. Sure. I'll be honest. I have at my house, I, I don't have cable. I have, you know, like rabbit ears for my, yeah. my broadcast TV. And I've kind of gotten used to watching sports where occasionally it'll go in and out. And, mm -hmm. and I don't have a huge issue with you know, maybe missing something because they're ultimately going to show a replay and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating for sure. Yeah. 
I think I would definitely not spend as much time on YouTube. I would not watch as many videos online. Yep. So I think I'm going to go with the video. So you're choosing to suffer through the video side. Yeah. Uh, After collecting my thoughts, I am on the opposite side. I am even willing to totally toss music out the window (laughs) and just not have it. Yeah, but but what about if it's playing like in in a whatever sure and that will i'm i am not denying that would annoy me and i would have to live with that and that would be terrible because music christmas music in the mall or in the elevator and all of a sudden it would basically be like every other minute you're hearing well maybe not every other minute it's you know what a fourth of your life when music would be playing is an ad and that's kind of sucky but I think in this scenario, I'd rather deal with that than the buffering. I, I did, similar to you, when I watched live sports, I did the Hulu Plus for a little bit, and there was even two seconds of buffering. I am not happy. I am, I, I'm impatient, and I, um, I, I play fantasy sports if I'm watching football. I will get frustrated because I get a notification before the thing actually happens on TV. That's like tragic to me because I want to be in the moment. So there's, and it's not just sports. It's, it's a good, you know, you get this probably better than anybody when you, I mean, the music at least isn't interrupted. Like you get a full song, the show you're in it, like just about to get to a moment, but right before it happens, you have to buffer. Yeah, like, but you it, can you can watch you can watch these shows on TV. Like we're not saying that it's buffering on TV. It's just the it's just your videos on on the streaming because you wouldn't buffer on a TV. I guess, but I watch I I don't watch TV. Like I would have to shift to then regular TV, which I don't like that either. So I I'm sticking with it. I'm I I I need my streaming and. Well, so after I, after the song song that's playing right now in the background right now, yes. there's going to be an ad, and and there would have there would have had to be an ad right after our that's intro, it's interrupting good. your. We're going to throw intro. the ad in, and you guys are going to buy whatever this miscellaneous ad is. So it's it's great. Sure, <laughs> sure. They so are. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, but I will try to stop. J- Justin just wants you guys all to listen to an ad. Yeah. I am am saving you from that ad. Sure, sure. Well, uh, as we close out, thank you all so, so much for tuning in to this 59th episode of The Quest. As always, I will remind you to subscribe to us if you haven't already. It's on, We're on Apple, Google, Spotify. And um, as always, follow us on, on pretty much any well, not any, but most social media platforms with Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're there. We're posting. We're trying to keep in your ears. Um, as a, and, and as a friendly reminder to, we don't say this very often, but uh, or as often as much. As often as much? That doesn't make any sense. Um, give us recommendations. If you got them, we'll take them. We'll, uh, we'll throw them into the mix. So appreciate all you guys out there. All right. Until next time on The Quest for 100. Quest for 100.